I know what it's like to feel invisible, to think it's too late to become what you've always wanted to be. You feel like it's too late to have more life. I felt that way too, but when I lost my brother to cancer, he made me realize I have way more life to live. And I discovered the choice was mine to live it or not. I know you want to become confident and empowered, and you deserve to step into that life you are yearning for. I'm Carrie B, and I get it. There is more greatness to come in your life, and I know you can feel it. I've made a choice to live my big life. Now it is your turn to be empowered and step into the life that has always been yours. It's time for you to step off the sidelines and into your own life, the one you were created to live. It's easier than you think. I believe in you. In fact, I am your biggest fan. So let's get started. What do you do when you wake up every single day living your life as if it was designed by somebody else? Someone else's dreams, someone else's goals, someone else's plans. You literally feel like you're on the sidelines watching this life play out and it's not the way you wanted it. Your answer is radical empowerment. I am pleased to announce that my book, The Radical Empowerment Method, is now available on Amazon. Click the link in my show notes and grab your copy today. Step into your pow pow shoes. Dig deep into who you are, why you're here, and what you were created to do. Find you. Believe that you are worth every dream you dream simply because you are. I am your biggest fan. I wrote this book for you. Get your copy today. Meet Annie. Hanging out with us today, the amazing Annie Meehan. She's a keynote speaker, an award-winning author, and an exceptional life expert. Annie's committed to transforming achievement from good to great by teaching people to rewrite their excuses into successful accomplishments. Annie is a speaker. She is an author. She is an amazing woman with a heart as big as the state of Texas times 100 and more. Prior to becoming a speaker, Annie worked for an investment banking company for nine years, compiling multiple promotions. Then she left the corporate world and started speaking, and we are so glad she did. Annie has authored five motivational books that includes her award-winning book, Be the Exception. Her newest book is The Pineapple Principle. She has three adult children, and she lives in the suburbs of Minneapolis with her husband and two dogs, Peanut and Leo. She loves to volunteer. She loves to travel. She loves walking. And she loves being a light in the world, and she does a great job at it. Annie, let's hear from you. Annie, welcome to Coffee and Tea with Carrie V. Thank you so much. Happy to be here, Carrie. I love that we called each other this morning and said yellow and turquoise. Just kidding. I know. We just have that (laughs) synchronicity already. (laughs) It's meant to be. It is meant to be. (laughs) Annie, we want to hear about you and why is being the exception important to you? and I just want to hear about you, your journey, and what brought you to where you are today. Oh, thanks so much, Carrie. Do we have five days to talk? Just kidding. <laughs> um, so much to say. Um, be the exception matters to me for a lot of reasons. It's like two different directions we can go with this. So for me, be the exception comes from 
No, people repeat cycles. They repeat stories. Where they come from is where they end up. What job they're in is where they stay, whether they're happy or unhappy or miserable. And so for me, it was like, how can I show people that they can be the exception? You don't have to stay in stuck and mundane and miserable. And the second part of that is when you choose to be the exception and rewrite your story, live the life you're meant to live, you start to live an exceptional life. So it moves from being the exception to living exceptionally. So oh, I love that. Yeah. So, so go a little deeper into that, if you would, being the exception and, and then living the exception. How, how do we get there? Yeah, we can get there. Well, that's why I made it into seven bite-sized pieces because some people say seven steps, but seven keys. I think there's seven ways of being. And in being different, it kind of changes your whole life. And that's what I love is I grew up um, the middle child of seven raised by a single mom in a pretty dysfunctional family. Mm. And it's easy to repeat cycles. It wasn't the first generation of that. And so I was writing this book, Dumpster to Dynasty, about growing up in a physical, financial, and emotional dumpster and now living a dynasty life. And a publisher said, don't write that. Instead, teach us. You're a teacher. Show us how do we become the exception. And so I kind of went back through my life journey and through my writing and said, what did I do to go from where I was to where where I am, where I came from to where I am today and where I want to go. And the first step is be honest. And people are like, what does that mean, Amy? I'm like, I don't think we're all liars, but I think we all tell stories. Sometimes people tell stories about us. Like you're not smart enough. You're not good enough. You're not strong enough. Um, All of those things. And if we repeat them enough, they become our truth. And so what I did is went back and challenged People said, you know, you have a learning disability. Are you illiterate? I didn't know how to spell. I have dysfunct- dy- dys- uh, dyslexia. See, I can't even spell, say the word that I have because it's so <laughs> how things jumble in. And, you know, I was really small, really small growing up for a lot of reasons. And so how did I rewrite it? And so what I love to tell people is in every story, there can be nuggets of truth. But if they don't serve you, how do we rewrite that story? And so I just kind of help people to be honest is let's tell the stories that serve us and that start to create the life that we want. Now, I'm not about sitting home and waiting for it. I'm about going to work and getting it. But um, so that was the first one. Be honest and then be open about how we have something to learn from everyone and something to teach everyone. That's why I love these interviews. Carrie is like, I'm going to learn from you. You're going to learn from me. We're going to help each other. Um, Be healthy. For 12 years, I own two gyms and it's really confusing what health is for people. And so I love to say to people, you know, health isn't, when we say be healthy, most people go to physical. What do I weigh? How do I look? But health to me is in seven areas. It's your physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, relational, career, and financial health. And when any of those are off, working with thousands of clients, you recognize it can make them physically sick. So I would help them figure out new habits and mindset and stories to get healthy in any of those areas, therefore affecting their physical health. Then I move into talking about gentleness. People really not only get judged by the world, but really judge themselves harshly. Like if if they're not, don't move from point A to point B to point C. And most of us have detours in life, whether that's financially or relationships or health or career struggles. And so helping people be gentle and not judge themselves when things don't work out how they hoped and to keep going. And then I talk about being flexible because there's always change, right? So be flexible, choosing that every day. Um, And then being courageous, setting big, huge goals. But I like to set goals that aren't just about me, but doing it for breast cancer, doing it for AIDS, doing it for us, mental health, suicide awareness, MS. 
So I love to do a challenge and get other people to join me and raise money and do something I don't think I can do um, to do for a cause. And the, the final way of being and be the exception is be authentic. Mm-hmm. I think the first 20 years of my life, I wanted to be like anyone else, but then I ultimately just wanted to be anyone else. And when I learned to like myself and embrace all my goofy and messy and silly parts, I was so much happier. And then I attracted happier, ha- happier and healthier friends and sure. peers and community. So. Yeah, that's it. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we could spend five days. <laughs> we could break every one of those into hours discussion. So when you, you talked about um, these different causes and, and creating, bringing people together on these causes, how do you choose the cause that you are bringing people together on at that moment? Uh, like, that's a good question. I'm passionate about a lot of things. Uh-huh. So honestly, it tends to be what people ask me. So it all started in January of 99. I had had my last child and a girlfriend called me and told me I needed to lose weight and she needed to lose weight. But, and we were going to go for a bike ride. And I hung up the phone, super excited. Like, I'm going to lose weight. And my husband's like, what are you doing? I'm like, we're going for a bike ride. He's like, you don't even have a bike. I'm like, details. He's like, you better call back and ask. So in that, I, she asked me, let's do the AIDS ride from Minneapolis to Chicago. I didn't own a bike. I'd only ridden four miles in my life on a bike. I'd never slept in a tent and I knew no one with AIDS. But what happened in that journey and, and so many obstacles that, again, we don't have time to go into, but so many obstacles that I faced. But what I realized through that every day when it was so hard was in six days, I get to go back to my bed my comfortable home with my wonderful husband and my three children and be healthy. And for the rest of my life, I never want to take that for granted. And I want to care about other causes. So ultimately what happens is I'm kind of open. And then every January, not every January, most Januaries, I try to think of what can I do this year that would help another person. And sometimes I know someone related. Sometimes I don't. So I've done that 24 hour walk for breast cancer or for all cancers. I've done the breast cancer three day. I've done the MS 150. Um, so I just like to find causes. And sometimes people just know that about me. So they're like, Annie, do you want to do this? Sometimes something pops up on Facebook. I don't have a specific path that I do it. I just tell people I love goal setting, but when you think about how a goal will not just affect you, but how it will positively impact another person's life, um, whatever it is, life gets bigger. For me, it's all about generosity, not gratitude is good. Generosity is how we go to a great life. When we think about not just what's in it for me, but how will me taking care of myself or achieving this serve others? Wow, that's powerful. How can me taking care of me serve others? Yeah. That's a, that's, that just, I just have to take that in for a minute. I absolutely love that. And so you are an author. Yes. And you've written five books, right? Yes, correct. Okay. How did you get started? How did you decide what to write on? And and then I know you're a speaker as well. So let's talk about that too. Like I ha- I know that I have a lot of women who listen to this podcast who really want to be on stage as speaking, sharing their story. And I'm sure they and write there I and I know this for a fact because they've all said this to me. So how do we get started? Yeah, I love that. And I meet people all the time that want to speak. And what I have to tell people is no matter how beautiful, how tragic, how resilient your story is, what you have to understand about being a professional speaker, especially about speaking at all, is you have to take those lessons out of your story and be able to use them to apply to anyone's story. So when I wrote my book, people will call me and go, oh my gosh, I'm carrying your book around. I'm going through a divorce too. Well, I've never been divorced. 
but I wrote about grief and loss in a way that if someone was walking through a divorce, oh my gosh, I'm reading your book. My mom just died. Well, my mom's still alive and 93 years old. So when we share a story, we have to ask ourselves, okay, I want to teach this. What's in it for the reader? What's in it for the listener? So when I started speaking, I started in the faith community. Then I moved into wellness as a gym owner. And then someone came in to interview me for a commercial. And they said, Annie, what are you going to do with your life? We know that you love the gyms and you love helping people. And I said, oh, I'm going to be a professional speaker. So I got connected with the National Speakers Association, which I highly recommend if you're looking to become a professional speaker. And through that, every time I spoke, people are like, you got to write a book. I want to know your story. I want to. So I was first a speaker. And then I was an author. I wrote my first book. And then I became a certified coach. About 80% of my work is speaking. But because of that, people will hire me to coach or buy my books. Um, So how I got started was just speaking as often as I could. And honestly, when I started in the faith community, it wasn't really my career. I was just like, I love to speak and I love to help people. Then wellness with the gyms, then every rotary or chamber that would let me in. And from there, corporate clients and associations would say, Annie, we love your message. We need um, professional and personal development. We need connection and community in our communication in our companies. Will you come in? So when you have listeners that want to be a speaker, um, I encourage them to get a coach. I encourage them to join the National Speaker Association. I encourage them to write their story or stories and ask themselves, what did I learn through this? Oh, I learned how to have a sense of humor. I learned how to be compassionate toward other people. I learned resilience. I learned to take care of myself. Um, First, I grew up with a mom that taught us not to take care of ourselves and it was, and not to take care of herself. And it was such a painful lesson to watch her not do that. Therefore, she couldn't care for us. So my life passion has been to teach people taking care of yourself is never selfish. It is self-full. And then you can care for others at your workplace, in your home, in your community. Um, So when we want to tell a story and be a speaker, remember that the stage As weird as it seems, nobody cares about you. And I don't mean that mean or insensitively, but we all care about our own story. So you've got to be able to speak in a way that whatever I'm walking through, I can learn from your lessons that you have learned through your own story. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. Okay. Makes perfect sense. So so you said you wrote a book on traveling through grief. No, these are all be the exception. That book that we talked about, The Seven Steps. But people read it and there is grief in it. I mean, I lost my brother. I lost my father. I lost my nephew. I lost my best friend. So there is grief in it, but it's how do you apply those seven steps to grief, to success? You know, what's the true story? So someone I love died, but my world didn't end. Might feel Mm -hmm. like it ended. And whether that's a death or divorce or diagnosis, sometimes people feel devastated. So this book, Be the Exception, is how do you go through that pain that life will bring you on different degrees and still remain not only positive and hopeful, but generous and kind. Yes. And so that's be the exception as all of that. Oh, I love that. I love that. And, and we'll get later into how we can get our hands on that book. Cause I know everybody's like, Oh, I want that book. <laughs> <laughs> it is so, a great book. I did write it, but it's a great book to learn stuff about speaking stuff about writing your own book and why you need lessons in there for the reader. So yeah. Yes. Sorry. I, I love that. I love that. So what's, what is one of the biggest lessons that you have learned in your life? You shared about your mom, not taking care of herself and then not being able to take care of you, which is huge. What's another huge lesson in your life that you have learned that you could bring to our listeners? 
Yeah, two are popping in my head, but the first one is, I love to say live by choice, not by chance or circumstance. And so every day I get up and I think, what do I want to do? Like, I love laying in bed and eating donuts. Anybody, any of our listeners out there love laying in bed? (laughs) But I'm like, you know what, you have a choice today and you could do that, but later you'll probably feel bad about yourself and not never. I love donuts. I have no judgment, but I'm saying if I get up and I make that choice, you know what? I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to drink a glass of water. And yeah, something bad happened in my life. There's a circumstance that's making me want to lay in bed more than normal, but I still have a choice. And by chance, maybe something good will happen or something bad, but always that choice. You know, people ask me, Annie, how did you get to be happy all the time? I'm like, I'm, how did you get to be the exception? I'm like, it's still a work in progress every day for me deciding I'm going to work on it, right? I'm going to work on it. So live by choice. And the other one is always choose better when you have a choice to be bitter or better about whatever you go through. Choose better. I love that. You do the work to choose better. So, yeah. And what, what made you in the always choose better over bitter? What, what prompted that lesson in your life? No, it's kind of funny. I hate to pick on my family members too much, but uh, I have to sometimes. But in 2017, I was in the hospital. I was really sick for six days. And a lot of people thought I was going to die. I didn't really think I was going to die, but people would just like come in. You're going to die. You're not going to make it. And I was in so much pain. And my sister came to see me and the nurses, I'm just like being super nice to the nurses. And my sister's like, what is wrong with you? Why are you nice to everyone? People weren't nice to us when we were little. And you're always nice to them. And I said, you know, it is a lot more fun being nice. And she kind of makes fun of me still to this day. And it's fine with me. But that's what I think about choosing better is like, if I walk around bitter and I'm mad and I give you a dirty look and I cut someone off in traffic, it might irritate that person for a moment, but I'm making my life miserable. And so when we choose better, I can't control anyone else, but I can get up and just still be nice and be friendly and be hopeful. And I think it brings me joy and not that I do it selfishly, but being bitter, there's no freedom in it. Yes. And so choosing better has freedom. Choosing to believe the best of other people has joy in it and happiness. And so, yeah, I meet a lot of people and I'm like, don't stay stuck there. Don't, it's no fun. Get out. Yeah. Just be, you know, so, yeah. I love that. And I just, I just had a question pop in my head while you were saying that. And it popped right back out. So let's go with this. <laughs> it'll come back. Maybe it'll come back. Yeah. <laughs> so with, with that lesson of better over bitter, I love that. This is really resonating with me just with different life circumstances I've had and knowing that staying stuck in that, in those feelings of bitterness, is, it's not hurting the other person. They don't, they don't care most of the time at all, but it does affect you every single day. Right. So, oh, I know what my question was. This is, this is a question that gets posed to me all the time. Then when I work with clients on the same thing, and it's such a hard concept for some people to accept because what they feel is, okay, so you're telling me I have to let people walk all over me. I have to be a doormat. So address that. Cause I know I'm looking on the face and that's the way I'm like, no, that's not what it means. So let's hear it. Let's hear it. Yeah. I mean, I have really strong boundaries. I, I really am very cautious about who I let in my life, who I let to speak into my life and me being better. I always want to be better than I was the day before and maybe kinder to people than they are to me. 
but it also does not allow people to walk on me. And I've set a lot of boundaries and unfortunately I've had to remove people from my life. If they're negative or attacking me, Um, I set up boundaries when it involves family and there's a need to see them. Um, There's a boundary on how many people I will see at one time in my family because I come from a big family and also how long I will spend time with them. And so sometimes it means completely cutting people out. Sometimes it means limiting the amount of time or who you're with or for a while, I had three siblings that lived in the same state as me, and we would literally meet in the mornings in a public restaurant. And part of that had to do with some addiction and some tempers and that safe place. And we still want to be connected. So let's meet once a month at a restaurant mm-hmm. that is public for one and a half hours and go and come and go as you need to. But setting up healthy boundaries, not only with the people, but with the environment in which we'll meet. And there's times you have to leave a job or leave a relationship due to a toxic environment. Do your best to try things first, but I always want to be better, but I'm not going to be walked on. In fact, I think I'm stronger in that, in knowing that I can choose better when I don't have negative people around me all the time. Yes. Okay. So let's go. I'm watching the clock going, no, it can't be 17 minutes already. (laughs) So let's, let's talk briefly or for, well, as long as it's going to take to talk about the word boundary. I am like you, I'm huge on boundaries in my own life. And for many, many reasons, just learning that setting those boundaries made me so much stronger and so much more powerful and secure in who I am. And I've had people say to me, but that's a trigger for me. That's a trigger. If I set boundaries or if someone says to me, I have a boundary, that triggers me that you're shutting me out of your life. Mm-hmm. How do you, how, how do you address or would you address someone who would bring that to you? Who would say to me, they have a boundary or would that, say to me, they're uncomfortable around boundaries. Yes, that they were, they are uncomfortable that, that if someone says, or if they sense that someone has boundaries, it triggers them into feeling like they have been shut out of your life. Yeah. You know, right away, Carrie, I would go back to the first step in my book, be the exception, be honest. And I would say, tell me what that means. Why is saying, what is your story? You're telling yourself about boundaries, because to me, if you say to me, you know what, Annie, I'm going to meet with you, but I have a boundary around how much time I'm like, oh my gosh, she is so, she respects herself. She is organized. She has limits. She knows what's good. I think there's that for me, it feels like people that are saying I demand respect of myself and of you, and I'm going to respect you, but that's my story around a boundary. That other person has a whole bunch of stories. And that's what I love to discover with people is, wow, what I heard is they liked green and you heard you look weird and green. And how did we miss that? How are we? Because people tell stories. And so I always go back to that. Be honest. What did you hear? Because what I heard is they have boundaries and they're only going to meet with you in public and and they're doing it. to. So for us, when we meet as a family, I'll go back to that is I do it to protect myself, but I also do it to protect my siblings from each other. There can be very volatile, mm-hmm. even physical fights at times. And I've always been one to just go, I'm not, I can't do that. It's not who I am and I'm going to go. And so I think people that have boundaries respect themselves and respect the other person. But when you have a client, I would say, well, tell me what that means. What are you hearing? Because what I hear is boundaries are good and healthy. And, you know, as a coach, we have to have boundaries. I've had clients yes. before that schedule an hour and they want to talk to me for three hours. And I'm like, you know what? Your session's over. If you want to keep going, we're using another session or whatever the case. And sometimes it hurts their feelings, but that's about them and their own stuff. Yes. It is not about the truth of that boundaries are good and healthy and needed to be. I love that. 
Yeah. Especially as an entrepreneur, we have to have boundaries. Otherwise we get nothing done. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. It's true. And I'm sensing also from you. I mean, I, I just love your, your outlook on life. And I mean, the fact that you love yellow, I'm just like immediately, and that you pair yellow with turquoise. I'm like, you are my people. <laughs> you, are my, you are my people. If you go to my website, you'll be like, oh, I get that. Love color, yes. <laughs> Me too. So I see this joy of life in you. And when, dang on it, the question just left again. Oh, man. This is not good. Hey, so, we can talk about shoes because I got joy about shoes too. So I'm looking at your shoe behind you and I'm like, let's get to that shoe question because I oh, love my shoes. Oh, we're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> Brings me joy. Share with us really, really quickly this joy and this this ex, this excitement to live. Mm-hmm. And you shared in the beginning that you came from this dysfunction. When did you invite this joy into your life? Mm-hmm. My joy came in a bundle. Um, I was 19 years old and I had an unplanned pre- pregnancy. I do not recommend that. I am not encouraging that. But in that moment, I re- realized and I made a decision when I was pregnant that I would not be the parent that I didn't have in my mom or my dad. I would be different. And my joy comes from my faith. I have a very strong faith as well. Yes. Um, but it also comes from it comes from deciding that I would listen to God and acknowledge that he created me to be someone much better and much more powerful and important and compassionate and kind and loving than how I was raised. And I was just thinking about the other day, like as a mom, my greatest joy is to teach my kids that they are love and that I will be kind to them no matter what. And, you know, I'm super blessed. I have three adult children and my oldest, my youngest called me right away this morning. My oldest texts me, my daughter's kind of going through some transitional stuff and was talking to me about that today. And I was just like, what a joy that my kids reach out to me with their struggles and successes and that they want to share. them. And so my joy comes a lot from my family. My joy comes immensely from doing the work I do. I was uh, just on a meeting before this and I was saying, I try to live twice every day. um, And I cover a lot of material in a short period of time, live twice every day, especially for the brother I lost one week after his 22nd birthday, one day after my 23rd. And I used to be so sad. So I started living twice, which brings me joy. Like I live once for me and once for him every day. Um, I'm living the dream. I'm moving to Florida. I've dreamed about it for 30 years. My husband and I are getting ready to move to the beach. I love Thank you. Teaching people. Don't just think about it. Dream it, but then make a plan to create it. So it can happen. Uh, that brings me tremendous joy. Yeah. I have twice been on the stage. And when I got off, the, the person who hired me said, I'm not going to pay you. And I was like, what? And they're like, you have way too much fun doing your work. You should not get paid for that. And I say, no, no, we should all have jobs that we love so much. We get paid yes. to have joy. Yes. And so they did. And, and I've been blessed to be paid even more than contracts at times um, because I do love what I do. And I love that people... I I'm created a mastermind of professional speakers and we hang out and we talk about all different things. But once we were talking about standing ovations and one of the guys, I was like, I don't really get those every once in a while, but mostly people just sit there like this and they're like, <laughs> yeah, cause they're still trying to absorb everything you've said to them. But one of them said, you do get standing ovations. You get emails and letters and cards and gifts weeks, months, and years later from people who say, I changed my life after you spoke. I I quit my job. HR directors don't always love that, but I started my own business or I left an unhealthy marriage or I decided to talk kindly to myself and I'm so much happier a year later. I'm reading your book for the third time, working through it. So that's my joy is knowing that my work is significant. And when I speak, it 
It invites people. People say, you changed my life. I don't do that because I don't have that kind of power. But I invite people to change their own life yes. and to do yes, that yes. work. And it's so, so a lot of things bring me joy, like everything. I love color. It makes me look happy. At, look at your <laughs> face. I just, and that's, it is obvious that so many things bring you joy. And, mm-hmm. and, and yellow is joy. I mean, that, that color is just like. Sunshine. It is. It's sunshine. And it reflects yeah. on your face. It really does. So let's talk about those shoes, your version of your pow pow shoes. Let's hear it. Okay. My pow pow shoes that just make me so happy are red cowboy boots. And I think my husband thinks I'm a goofball, but I love red cowboy boots. I love them because they're colorful. I love them because they literally put a skip in my step. I love them because that song plays in my head. These boots were made for walking and I love to walk and move fast. I say movement's my medicine. I also love them because I wear them at conferences and I see women in high heels and their backs hurting. Cowboy boots are super comfortable. They give you a little heel. It doesn't make me tall, but a little bit of sassiness, a little bit of fun and they're comfortable. I I just love red cowboy boots. So those are my pow pow shoes. I've never called them that before, but now they are going to be forever. My pow pow shoes. I do have a blue pair of cowboy boots too. I'm looking for a yellow pair and a green pair because I think there's something people like you're from Texas. I'm like, no, but I just cowboy boots make me happy wearing them with a dress, wearing them with shorts, wearing them with jeans. It doesn't matter. Those are my pow pow shoes is red cowboy. Boy boots. I wish I had them in the show you. <laughs> so funny because when you said that, I was like, I'm finding yellow cowboy boots. Dang on it. I'm finding it. them. They exist. <laughs> I'm going to be searching. As soon as I find them, I will send you the link. <laughs> Please do. Please do. Yes. <laughs> Can you leave our listeners with a journal prompt, a writing, a writing prompt? I think. You know, this morning I was thinking about those two phrases. So I'm going to give you two to choose from. One. Okay. What does living twice look like in your life? Or what would living the dream really mean to you? Where are you? What are you wearing? Who's with you? What do you feel like? When does your day start and end? Who do you work with? Who do you hang out with? What brings you, what do you eat? What brings you joy? So, yeah. I love those. And we want to be able to send you our answers. So where do we find you and where can we find your books? All the things, where can we connect with you? I love that. I would love your answers. That would bring me tremendous joy Mm -hmm. to hear from you, to hear from the listeners, to know that they answer these questions. Took a moment before bed to just do those journal prompts. Um, So you can email me at Annie at AnnieMeehan.com. You can connect with me on LinkedIn. You can connect with me on Facebook. Or you can go to my website, which is AnnieMeehan.com. Just my name. Easy as can be. Annie with an I-E. Meehan, double E, H-A-N, as in Nancy. And my books are there. I have an online course. I have five books, three workbooks. I do coaching and consulting. But my primary work is I speak all over the world. So if you want to watch, I'm on YouTube too. I release a video every week. I have over 200 videos on YouTube. So um, yeah, I love to share and teach uh, with everyone. I'd love to be connected. And I would really love, bring me great joy to hear your answers. Yes. Yes. Oh, Annie, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. This has been exceptional for me. Thank you. You've made my day. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. We'll have you back for sure. All right. (laughs) Thank you, Annie. That's good. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks for listening in. 
I want you to know I do not take it for granted that you give me this time to have coffee and tea together with me. But before you go, it would mean the world to me if you grab a quick coffee or tea refill and pop into the podcast reviews and leave me a review. It's how this podcast grows. It's how it reaches and empowers more women. And it's how I know how to serve you best. I want this podcast to be what you need. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode and share it with your friends. And follow me on Instagram at I am Carrie V. Remember, it is never too late. Peace out, girlfriend. Pow, pow.